0: So I constantly come back to this like, you know, old saying where it's like, talk to yourself like you would your best friend. Like if you would not say that to your best friend, then why why would you say it to yourself?
1: everyone. Emily Abadi here. You are listening to day two of this week's special series on motherhood here on Hurdle. This week, I am chatting all about motherhood. And although I'm not a mom just yet, my talks with hurdlers over the years have taught me so much about this life chapter. I've learned that motherhood itself is both beautiful and challenging, exhausting and rewarding. And whether or not children are in the cards for you. It's safe to say that we've all been dramatically impacted by a mother, whether it be our own or another in our lives. So leading up to Mother's Day this weekend, I'm chatting with six extraordinary women, some moms, some not, but each with their own story to tell forever shaped by the women that came before them. Today's episode is with my dear friend, Sarah Larson Levy. She's the founder and CEO of Y7 Studio. The year 2020 was one of drastic change for Sarah between shuttering all of their yoga studios because of the pandemic, having a baby boy in June and moving to Austin from New York. It has been an emotional whirlwind. In today's episode, Sarah and I chat navigating coming back to her body after baby, moving in a way that feels right for her and agree that if you want to lose a little bit of weight, it's your body, you get to make that choice. What's important is that you're not basing that choice solely on a number that you see on a scale. She also mentions how motherhood has taught her the importance of patience and staying calm, both which have helped her while working to open studios once again. On that note, Chicago just did this week. We agree that coming back to normal, quote unquote, is gonna be a social adjustment for sure, but we're both excited for the opportunity to connect again, hopefully soon. IRL. Before we get into it today, I do want to take a moment to highlight some upcoming hurdle sessions. Now, if you are new to the hurdle community and new hurdler, welcome. Hurdle sessions are digital workshops that I put on on a slew of different topics, bringing together the community to learn from one another and find inspiration. In the pipeline, we've got the mid-year reset. Think of it as your mid-year pulse check on your goals and how to stay on track or perhaps get on board. And then also with the ladies from Brave Body Project, upcoming I have So You Wanna Run a Marathon. For details on both of those, including dates, times, and how to sign up, click on over to the show notes. Lastly, make sure you are following along with Hurdle on social media, it's at Hurdle Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review the show in the iTunes store, five stars or bust. (laughs) With that, let's get to hurdling. Today I am sitting down with Sarah Larson Levy. She is the founder and CEO of Y7 Studio. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is a third encore on the Hurdle podcast. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> well, a true member of the Hurdle fam. It's been so it's been way too long since you and I have seen each other. IRL you now live in Austin how is Austin
0: Austin is good we're here for the time being i don't actually know where where we'll end up we don't know you know we've been in the city for the past 10 years and you know having a baby was kind of like Okay, the clock starts. You know, we're not from the East Coast. We're not from the New York area. We don't have, you know, family support there. So there's not, you know, aside from like work and like loving the city as a place, like it's not my ideal for raising a family as much as I love Manhattan. Right. I don't know if
1: it, (laughs) you know, we don't know. We don't know. We may be back, but. We'll see. Do you have options, like a city list of options that you're willing to share? I mean, it's pretty much, for me, Austin or
0: New York. We've thought about Denver, but, you know,
1: I like the warmth. We're both, like, warm weather people, so. I have a girlfriend who recently had a baby. Uh, I want to say maybe the baby is, like, four months old. Now time flies. I feel like the pandemic, like, completely warps your sense of time, but – they uh, they were living in Brooklyn and they flew down to Miami two months after. And she said that experience just to be able to walk outside and have mm. some sun and then go back to taking care of the baby or safely taking care of the baby outside before it gets too humid there was a game changer for her mental health, her physical health.
0: Oh, for sure. That's exactly how I feel. The idea that I can just walk out the front door and like be in our yard as opposed to, you know, the whole deal with the elevators, bringing all this stuff just to take a quick walk outside before the weather turns. I don't know. It feels a lot mentally a lot easier with everything else that's kind of going on. So
1: with everything else that's going on, nothing has happened for you over the last year. You haven't been busy or stressed at all. Um, Get us up to speed on what the pandemic was like for you dealing with closing temporarily of your studios. And let's start there, and then we'll talk about what's going on now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was not great. Um, The last however many months now, like 13, 14 months, has been really, really challenging. To watch everything we worked for kind of just be ripped away for no, you know, for something that was completely out of our control was really, really difficult. I think a lot of people in the fitness world felt that, right? There's not really an alternative for that in-person experience. There is no takeout version of your workout class. And that's really tough. You know, I think a lot of trainers were really incredible and a lot of studios, you know, pivoted to online super quickly. I know we did and, It's still really amazing, but after being in Chicago last week to, you know, be there for opening week of that studio, like there truly is nothing like an in-studio experience. And it just, it was devastating the last year, really, Um, you know, personally and professionally, like, what do you, what do you do? So, yeah.
1: And then I had a baby in the middle of it that that is the part that truly blows my mind like first of all I got goosebumps just now when you were talking about like the in-studio experience because I agree it's and that was a huge barrier for so many during the pandemic was trying to find any semblance of normalcy and recreate that feeling for themselves because to be honest it's it's impossible to recreate so first of all like to get goosebumps like thinking about that in-studio experience which I have yet to experience again and then knowing you personally and thinking about you being pregnant and dealing with all of the anxiety that went hand in hand with all of these closures all of these frustrations talk to me about what that was like for you personally
0: to put it lightly i was a mess and i still struggle today because i don't i don't have all the answers I don't know what it looks like in six months. I can hope, I can speculate, but I'm I'm really struggling with what to do even. Um, are people going to want to come back? People, you know, I think people are saving, so I can't wait. And then, But maybe they can, you know, maybe they're not comfortable coming back into spaces yet. And like, that's okay, I get that. But at the same time, this is a business. And if we don't have revenue coming in, we're done. And so it's such a challenge to, you know, have those feelings on one side, but then also really try to be a leader for my team on the other side. And, you know, know that these people are still here. They're still with me. They believe in what we do. And it's just, how are we going to do it really? And we've never been here before. You know, we've built it from nothing really scrappy, but That was one location. That was two. This wasn't at the magnitude where we are now, where we don't have the luxury of being so, so small anymore. But we're not quite big enough where we're super, super well capitalized. So it's hard. I think everybody likes to compare us to we get grouped with Berries, with SoulCycle, you know, with all of these huge brands. And like we have. 0.05% of the capital they have in the bank. And that's tough, you know, so the expectations from I think, former employees and clients are so so high. And, you know, it's, it's something I think we should be really proud of, because the brand has such incredible presence. But
1: yeah, And so give us an adequate timeline just so I can kind of put into context about when you had your little boy and where things were with the pandemic.
0: So I had Lee on June 11th. So we were in our fourth month of lockdown. We had been hopeful for a September reopen. Obviously, that didn't happen. So we were like prime, prime. Pandemic, like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Um. When I had him, and here we are, almost. He'll be eleven months next week, so almost a year later, which is crazy to me.
1: So, in that in that experience, did you take any maternity leave? Uh, I tried.
0: I was still around. I was like, if you need me, I'm here. But, you know, as far as, like, my regularly scheduled meetings, things like that, I was not, you know, there for any of that stuff. It was it was hard. I had a really hard time, I think, the first week, kind of, like, I don't know what to do. And I think, you know, you just kind of realize that you don't really get these moments back with your kid, you know? Like, you don't get them back. Yeah. So... I was actually reading, oh my God, I, now I forget what the quote is, but my friend Madison posted something and she was, she also runs her own business and she was, someone was asking her like, how do you like juggle everything? And she's like, I don't. She has two kids. She's like a two under two mom. And so she's got her hands full. And she was like, she said this quote and I'll have to look it up for you and tell you the exact words later, but it was something about like juggling balls. Like, if everything in your life was, like, a ball, your job, your family, um, your marriage, some of those balls are rubber and some are glass. Like, if you drop one of them, it might bounce back. But there are some that won't. And so you just have to know Mm -hmm. what these balls are made of. That didn't sound right, but you get my point, right?
1: (laughs) I know, I know where you were going with that. And that's a good point, though, because as you said before, you don't get some of these, some of these moments back. So then I think the next logical question for you would be, how have you been, quote unquote, juggling?
0: Very, very carefully. It's really difficult. And you know, I I mean, they just announced in New York today, actually, that everything can reopen, no restrictions on May 19th. And I was like, great, but we don't have a team. I had to literally fire everyone who worked for me and I can't just flip a switch. So I don't have a team really right now. Like it's very, very small. So I can't just flip the lights on and be like, okay, come on in. There's, you know, there's stuff that needs to be done. And we didn't know when this was going to end. So no, we didn't buy a ton of like
1: Merv 13 filters. And now there are none. So I love that you just like that, just like rolled off the tongue for you. Like someone's listening and they're like, what's a Merv 13 filter? (laughs) They're not even like that great. It's just like someone was like, this is the filter you want.
0: And I was like, but what? That doesn't even like, it doesn't fit it. Anyways, this gets very technical, but long story short, it's not right for every kind of airflow system. So, like, if you don't have one, it doesn't mean there's no airflow. It's, just, it's very complicated. Okay, anyways. Oh my goodness. So I don't. You know, people are kind of like getting a little like mad and frustrated. Like, well, when are you opening? It's like I think the hardest thing is, is and I know studios who reopened when they could, you know, in the fall or summer, and had to close again, and because they had to rehire everybody paid them to prep to open for two weeks were open for a week and then had to shut down again. They did not have the funds to reopen again. So we didn't do that. So we waited. So it seems like we're not like trying to reopen and that's just really, really, again, it all comes down to like these expectations, right? Like managing people's expectations. And when you come up against like super well capitalized businesses, I think the perception gets skewed a little bit. So it's been really hard for me to, like, manage that, too, and understand that, like, my team is human. There's nine of us. Like, they're humans. They cannot work around the clock. They cannot. And that, for me, is, like, another one of these, like, we're just going to keep using this ball reference. And so I, like, now feel really dumb that I brought that out. Because I I was, like, I don't just want to keep saying the word balls all the time. But... (laughs) you know those are that's one of the more fragile ones like i don't want to lose key members of my team which has already happened because they are so burnt out that they're just like i, I can't even like get up in the morning cuz i'm so tired
1: and like to your point about that these are real people it's hard to find good people it's one of the things that Every mentor I have ever had has always told me if you find the right person and they might not know or have experience with all aspects of a job yet, but they're a good human, then you need to trust in that and like go with that person over the person that may not be the right personality fit for your business, but has X, Y, and Z skills. So right now you're certainly going through that when it comes to rejiggering and finding new people to help you reopen your studios. And I think it's tough. Everyone wants
0: more money now. I would love to pay everyone a million dollars. But I I can't. So then it becomes, you know, you're not paying me what I'm worth. You don't recognize what I'm worth. It's like, it's truly not it. It's like, I don't have the money. So, you know, it's a really, really tough balance. And everybody, there are so many factors that go into this, right? Like everyone has gone through a really, really tough year.
1: You're right. And you just mentioned the comparison to other businesses in the space. Kind of easy to draw a parallel there when we come back to this concept of motherhood. Easy to compare yourself to other mothers. So for you, after having your baby in June, talk to me about what that experience was like for you, that comparison trap, because- Dear, like, I just think about all that other stress that you had.
0: I mean, I, I, and we've talked about this previously on our multiple episodes together, but I'm not, like, a skinny person. I'm not, like, I don't like working out. I don't like it. That's the whole reason why 7 exists was because, like, I love yoga. I hate it every class I went to because I felt so bad about myself because all I was doing was comparing. The instructor was instructing me to look like somebody else. I was being told what to look like. And that for me was like, this is not the point of yoga. I love yoga. And so why seven exists? Because I was like, I need, I need darkness. I need to feel like I have freedom and space and I can be myself and I want to move to music. I want to be motivated. And so it has like the whole experience is created with all these kind of like tricks. Right. And because I get lumped into this fitness, you know, group of people I felt like this very big pressure to bounce back and it's been almost a year. And like, I just, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give up like eating the food I like to fit into some mold that people have decided that's what it's supposed to be like. And like, yeah, would I love to lose 10 pounds? Hell yes. Like I know at what weight I feel my best at, you know, like I know that that's where I feel the most confident. It's not about the number it's about how I feel. So for me, I know what that number is and I know like that's where my clothes fit the best where I like look in the mirror and I'm like hey girl how are you I know what it is that I want but I think there's an expectation on from other people outside looking in um for me in a sense to perform and that's really tough. I think social media has been like, is so interesting because I think it's so wonderful because I've been connected with so many people through it who I have become real, real friends in my life and real support systems in my life. But then there's this other side where it's this constant like idea. I <laughs> so we I'll give you an example. We at like Right At Four Months, we we did sleep training. We trained our baby to sleep. I hired a sleep coach who is incredible. And guess what? This mother sleeps through the night because her child does. And I remember like one, someone I know when I said, I would let my baby cry. She's like, you're not going to get him. And I was like, no, he's fine. He's fine. Like I'm right here. She's like, really? You're just going to let him cry. I was like, He's, he's okay. I'm literally 20 feet away. But that's, you know, you have to give your kids and whoever the two, and that's just what worked for us too, because I knew that I have this business that I have to focus on too. And if I am not, I need sleep. If I'm not well rested, I'm useless. I'm useless to my kid. Mm -hmm. I'm useless to my business. I'm useless to my partner. I need that sleep.
1: I totally hear you on the, the post baby number weight place. I think that it has been challenging at times with the, you know, beauty that is the body positivity movement to be made to feel like you're not allowed to want to weigh less than you do.
0: I, and that's the other side, right? It's like, oh, I've just been breastfeeding and now I'm back to my size. It's like, okay, well, I was so hungry when I was breastfeeding. I gained weight. Like, what? I was starving. I was so hungry. I was like, I need a sandwich. You don't know what feels good for me. How dare you tell me that because I would like to drop 10 pounds because that's where I feel my best, that that's wrong. You don't know what's right for my body. I don't tell you what to do with yours.
1: End of story. It's all about that feeling and that that's something I can't reiterate enough. Like in – because I actually like feel very similar to how you feel right now in my body. Like I know that I feel a little bit better when I weigh a little bit less. And it's not at all tied to that number. It's just about how I feel in my own skin and just like – feeling more confident and not shying away from certain situations just because like I don't feel my best. But I, and I think this a lot lately when I'm like going through whatever I'm going through when it comes to like dealing with my emotions, when it comes to my move and like just feeling at times like feeling alone or whatever, like they always say this to you to like remind you that like everything's going to be okay. Like someone would die for your worst days. Yes. And just because someone might, quote unquote, die to have the body that I have now, like it's still my body. Exactly.
0: Like that's the point. And I, I find it so interesting. So I have a partnership with WW and formerly Weight Watchers. And listen, I got pretty big in college. Like I grew up playing sports. I played sports until I graduated high school. I was playing tennis. I was playing volleyball. I danced. And I went to college. I'd never gone to the gym before. I'd literally never gone to the gym. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like a, I wasn't like such a good athlete that they were like, you need to lift weights. I was like, you know, I just ran around a lot. And so when I went to college, I just didn't work out. And what happened? Because I was not active, I gained weight, of course. And so I used WW, and I was like unhealthy. It was not healthy, the lack of movement in my life. So I used it to understand my eating habits and to move more. And I lost
1: 17 pounds. I don't know if I knew that you and I both shared a WW college story. I, I love it. Not
0: only, and I love it for this. It's not based on calories, right? It's based on points. So it's based, like everyone thinks the points are based on calories. It's not. It takes into consideration, like if you were on the old platform, you know, it's like you're looking at the can, it's like total fat, total carbs, total sugar, and calories all combined. So you're understanding what kinds
1: of foods you're eating. So my question for you coming off of this conversation about WW and talking about how we feel best in our bodies is how have you wrangled some of those not exactly nice thoughts over... The last handful of months as you've been struggling to get to a place where you feel good in your body again?
0: I think it all comes down to patience. And also just, I've come back to this thought a lot because I am very critical of myself in many ways. So I constantly come back to this, like, you know, old saying where it's like, talk to yourself like you would your best friend. Like if you would not say that to your best friend, then why, why would you say it to yourself? For me too, at least what I've seen in the last like year is there have been more women on women attacks. Like we have attacked each other so much in the last year. It feels to me like there can be such a lack of community where there needs to be compassion. And again, I think that goes back to expectations. You're expected to be the perfect partner, the perfect mother, the perfect coworker, the empathetic boss, the empathetic leader. You're not allowed to make hard decisions. Every decision you make, someone has a comment to make about it. like, And you're expected to answer for it and explain yourself when sometimes it's like, it's just business. I had to take all of these billion things into consideration. And if I don't make this choice, there isn't going to be a business. So, and it's, I'm so, you know, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I have people in my life, I think kind of who can, you know, relate to me on this level. And like, we can share, you know, these frustrations, but I just want to like shake the entire female population. And say what, what's why? Because I guarantee you, all these dudes are like, <laughs> what are they <I> doing?
1: <laughs> How special is that though, that you've had so many people in your circle who have recently also had children?
0: It's amazing. I could not ask for anything more perfect. Again, it's that support system, right? So it's like, what do I do? What are you doing? Have you started salads yet? What's happening here? And it's so, with anything, right? I think it's all about community and the people you surround yourself with and the people you listen to. You know, I think it goes back again to media and how we listen to so many people's opinions that actually we don't know or don't know us. And we put weight into those. And so it's been really empowering for me, at least to have um, women who I am close to who have also had children, you know? And I think there were like, Oh my gosh, I probably know like 10, 10 people who I would consider friends who we all had babies within like two months of each other. And it was awesome.
1: Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Picky Bars for supporting this week of content. Picky Bars started as a side project to fuel Ironman and marathon training miles for pro athletes Lauren Fleshman, Stephanie Bruce, who you'll hear from later this week, and Jesse Thomas. And it grew into multiple product lines of nutritionally balanced, wholesome, real food options that you can feel great about putting into your body. Even better, their flavors are delicious, which is a huge bonus when shopping for Performance Fuel to nourish your busy body. I'm talking performance granola. I cannot get enough of their PB&J all day flavor. They've got performance oatmeal, pancakes, and their drizzle. Listen, I know I talked to you all about a lot of great products on the show. The picky bars drizzle is the most delicious thing, period. I cannot stop raving about it to all of my friends and family and now all of the hurdlers. Good news, Picky Bars is offering Hurdle listeners 20% off their purchase of $25 or more at PickyBars.com slash Hurdle, which means you can save while trying all of my faves for yourself. They're also offering an additional 20% off if you try a new Picky Club membership. That's PickyBars.com, dot com slash Hurdle to get 20% off your order of all of their super delicious real food snacks and fuel today. When you reflect on that group of 10 women and you think about some of maybe the best advice that you've received from one of them to navigate your own journey with Lee and your family, what would that piece of advice be?
0: Just take it moment by moment. There's days where you want to rip your hair out and you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know how anyone does this. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, it's like, oh I love this. And it's just knowing that those moments will come, they will happen. You really understand when you have kids that you just have so little control over everything. Like you cannot control this tiny little person You can't control their moods. You can try to as the best you can, right? And it was actually my sleep coach who also had just had a baby when her and I started working together. Her name is Zan and she's so wonderful. I found her through um, another one of my mom friends. And she was like, we can try and control and speculate all we want about what they need. She's like, but they're going to tell you and you, you know, that's it. And that was a real moment for me where I was like, all right, I'm just going to like let this, let this happen as it will, because, you know, it's going to happen like that anyway. So might as well just sit back a little bit,
1: sit back a little bit. I know recently also it has been man like what a year for you. <laughs> it's been difficult for you to navigate everything that's been going on in the news as well. Do you feel any sort of way uh at this time about raising your son and question mark future children in this climate?
0: I I think about that a lot. And what really changed me during my childhood was moving overseas. Um, you know this, my mom is Japanese and she got a job transfer. Um, and so we actually lived in Tokyo for two years and I was 10 and 11 and that was life-changing for me really to experience a culture outside of the one I had been raised in was game-changing for me. It was so, I don't want to say humbling or like eye-opening, but it was, you're more of a spectator, right? And you're learning because, you know, my, I didn't speak Japanese when we moved there. And so for me, it was a lot of like watching and body language and how you convey respect and um, joy or whatever it might be through, you know, nonverbal language and coming back to the States after it was really just kind of, it was jarring. It was more jarring for me to come back to the States than it was for me moving to Japan. And I think a lot about that and how I want to expose Lee and hopefully more children, future children, to different cultures, different ideas in the sense that they're able to really respect them before having a comment. And I think that goes for a lot of things, right? Like so many people are willing to comment, to make assumptions, to, you know, I don't know things a certain way and pass judgment because they're different than what you know. And what I really want to pass on to him is the understanding of kindness and just respect for people as an, indi- as like individuals and not, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just kind of like lumping, you know, whether it be religions, cultures into one group. And that's, That's where, like, a lot of this bias and, you know, I think racism comes from, too, is just, like, these assumptions that we're taught to make because it's easy. There's an openness that I think that all children have and are born with that I want to make sure that he retains and understands, you know, the value of a smile, of a hello, of a how are you, um, of eye contact. That stuff is really important to me. So that's, you know it's tough. It's a lot of work. They watch, you know, they watch everything you do. Um, They're little puppets, truly. So I'm also trying my best to really lead by example.
1: I think about that a lot in my everyday life when I think about how individuals may be perceiving me in real situations beyond the narrative that I am in control of over on social media. It's like, when I walk into a room, how do you perceive me? And am I being the person that I want to be with my presence, with how I respond, with my compassion, with my kindness? And it's something that I've done a lot of thinking about over the last year or two, just wanting to... Put forth the best version of myself. And now, granted, obviously, I say that knowing that, like, there are going to be the hard days where you're not going to show up and just be the poster child for kindness and courtesy always, but you can still be kind while going through your own stuff. And
0: um, I, for me, it's about realizing those moments too when you're reactive and it's like, okay. I'm being able to say, fuck, I'm really sorry. Like I really just had a snap reaction to that. And I'm sorry, that is not who I am. That's not how I want to speak to people. And that's the first step because people feel ashamed. People feel, you know, those actions, those reactions, you look back and you're like, I'm so ashamed of how I reacted that I I don't want to relive it again. I don't want to, I don't want to do it, you know? So I think, but sometimes it's so important to do it. it, You have to, even for yourself being uncomfortable and knowing that there is space because that's what you would want from somebody else, right? That's what I think about Mm -hmm. all the time is how would I want to be treated if I had just reacted really quickly or something like that. Like how would I know that
1: that person and I are okay? Since becoming a mom, do you notice that you handle situations any differently than before you were a mom? Oh, I definitely have
0: a little more patience than I did. He's so, this sounds really like weird, but he's so little still. And to be honest, there haven't been a I don't really interact with a lot of people. I have a poor sweet pandemic baby who sees a new person and is like, poor guy. You know, there haven't been like situations like that have been, I think, presented in person, but in terms of when I'm talking to somebody new or a new employee or someone who's new on the team or whatever it may be, there's more patience on my end when I'm entering that conversation. Knowing that this is the first time someone may be doing something or hearing something, right? Like that's something you learn about kids is that everything is brand new to them. Like the when they take, like, I don't know, when they sit up for the first time, they're like, what? They're like, the world looks different from this view. What's happening? And it freaks them out, you know? So uh, that's been a really interesting way that I've been able to think about everything is like, people aren't mind readers. I have to be super, super clear patient, and kind.
1: It's super interesting that both you and your husband are entrepreneurs. I would imagine that that's been a really interesting experience for the both of you to be building businesses, running businesses, trying new things, while also like entering into this new stage as parents. Oh, girl. What a trip it's been. What's it been like for you to see your partner become a dad? It's really cool. It's really cool. I,
0: Mason is a great dad. He is a wonderful, wonderful father. I went out of town. I was out of town last week. I was in Chicago for three days and he handled it, you know? And that's, and not to say that like, men can't do it, but that's not something you see a lot. And you see the mom in a lot of situations automatically assume responsibility. It's not really in in a lot of households. It's not a conversation where it's like, Hey, we both do this thing. I need to, you know, go out of town. How do you feel? Like, are you comfortable? Like, what do I need to do to help you get there? We just assume that I can't leave. I'm the mom. I can't leave. And that's it. And then you get into that pattern, and that habit, and then you create that boundary. And that's, I knew that was never going to be the case with me. I didn't know when I was going to feel comfortable traveling. And I certainly don't like to be away for as long. You know, I used to go to like LA for like a week and like that. I didn't know i three, I think three nights away. Yeah, that's it. Three nights. I want to, I want to go home. And all right. Yeah. And that's just where I, I am right now. That may change who knows, but knowing that I have a partner who I know can, you know, take care of our child. Like I would, if I was there, I know there's nothing missing. I know that, you know, Lee is not like missing me in a way that he's not having his needs met.
1: Right now, uh, what are you excited about?
0: I'm excited to connect with people again. That's what I'm excited for. That's really what it's all about for me. It's i really missed that interaction. I'm excited to to do stuff. You know, I yeah. I hope that People continue to be smart and, you know, take care of themselves and take care of each other. I don't know if I'm excited because I feel like excited like, I know this is going to happen, so I'm excited for it, but I'm hopeful that this past year has been a wake up call for everybody and we start taking care of each other and we're able to slow down and maybe take a step back from this kind of race that we've all Put ourselves in without knowing it.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I also, on that note of slowing down and like enjoying your time with people, it's both interesting and exciting to be able to get back in real life with humans again and have the opportunity to connect and make eye contact. And sometimes it's as though individuals don't know how to do this anymore. So I'm excited for us all to work on that together. I'm so awkward. It's almost a
0: little painful. I'm like, hi, how are you? I've realized I'm like really loud because I'm so used to like being, can you hear me? Is the, the volume's okay. And I realized like every time I'm around people, I'm like yelling a little bit. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. I'm yelling at you. I'm just, I'm like, what do I wear? I'm like, do I wear is, are we wearing pants? Are we wearing
1: jeans? Is this like, I literally, I mean, I am the kind of person that likes to get dressed to like be home all, every day, but still like when I'm starting to go out again into the world and I like went on a date not that long ago. And I was like, I have nothing in my life that I want to wear for these things at all. You're like, I hope he really likes matching sweatsuits. <laughs> Got lots of those. <laughs> I'm tie-dyed this one myself. Hope you love it. I'll also like make you a Dalgona coffee and we could do a TikTok. And then like when we're done, we could watch like something on Netflix. And then, I don't know, just insert extra trend here. I think, yeah. My friend, right now, you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice right before you had your baby in the middle of a pandemic. What do you tell yourself? I tell myself you've been here before,
0: and I mean the general you, as in women. We have been birthing babies since the beginning of time. You have been here before. You
1: were built for this you're
0: going to be fine.
1: You're going to be fine. And you are fine. You're doing it. And studios are opening and hopefully soon we can be in the same location. Sarah, how do the hurtlers keep up with Y7? How do they keep up with you? Give me all of the details. So you can keep up with
0: Y7, our openings, what we're doing. We have a lot of Fun stuff that we are uh, implementing as we reopen um, was definitely a year of reflection um, and you know work for the business. And I'm really excited to show everybody what we've been working on internally as far as programming. Um, so look out for that, and you can follow Y7 at Y7 Studio um, on all platforms wherever you may ingest your social media. And if you want to hang out with me, see what I'm doing, um I am mainly just on the gram at Sarah, S A R A H underscore, A Y A K O. And I have TikTok, but I don't do anything with it. So
1: don't, please don't follow me. We there. all working on the talk. I can't, I got no moves. Maybe moves pending 2022. Great. I love that goal break. (laughs) I am over at Emily Abadi and at hurdle podcast, another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.